Hey friend, do you have ADHD? Maybe, maybe not. It really doesn't matter because either way, you're so welcome here. Whether it's you or someone you live with that has the squirrely brain, I'm here to help. On this show, we'll be sharing perspective shifts and hacks and systems and routines that all work for people of all ages with neurodivergent brains. I spent the last almost decade working with students as a special education teacher and navigating my own ADHD. Whether you want someone to hold space for you or you want the tactical, tangible strategies, you're in the right place. I'm going to help you learn to let it be easy, work with your unique strengths, and move from scattered to simplified. And we're doing it all with positive perspective, self-compassion, and a whole lot of God's grace. Let's do this. Hey, hey. I am so excited about this topic today because... I work with a lot of kids who have goals about impulse control, and I'm just like, uh, what do you even do with that? Like, literally, it's an impulsive behavior. Like, we can talk about it after, but I feel like there are just very few ways to actually address impulsive behaviors, and maybe I'm just still a little early um, in my own personal research when it comes to that. So, I mean, I know that I still have tons to learn there. And I don't really know how great... I mean, these could definitely be modified for kids too. Um, But I think the biggest thing is with kids, any kind of goal that you're working on with them, they need to also be aware of why they're working on it and whether or not they even want to. Like, if they have zero interest, you're not going to change them. You have to have that buy-in. So anyway, I'm talking from the perspective of an adult, um, but I think that you would be able to shift these for your child also. And if you guys want, I can do an entire episode where I talk about it from the perspective of working on this with kids instead. But for today, we're going to talk about adults. So we're going to talk about three different ways to kind of work toward reducing impulsive behaviors. I'm going to give you a quick overview of the three and then we'll dive into each. So the first one is to identify situations where you tend to be impulsive and then make game plans around that. And the second one kind of piggybacks off of that, um, but it could be used in isolation also. And this one is focused on identity shifts. And then the last one is about dopamine and kind of resetting the bar in our brain um, when it comes to dopamine and how we're getting that. So getting into the first one, identifying situations where you tend to be impulsive and then make game plans for either avoiding it or how to navigate the situation. So I'm going to give you a couple of examples. One of mine, I used to be a terrible impulsive shopper. Like I definitely spent a lot of emotional um, energy just buying crap I didn't need when I didn't have money for it. And... So something that I do now is those like, you know, when you walk into Target and they have their little dollar section and they have all that cute stuff that literally is just adding junk into your house, like all their cute little decor and it's also trendy and adorable and it's pretty cheap. So it's like, why not? Um, And now Walmart has one too. I don't even look at that section unless I'm literally going to browse just to like buy things or if I'm looking for something specific. But if I'm going into the store for something else, I don't even stop there. I don't even look because I don't want to know. 
now that I have gotten away from the impulsive emotional shopping, I can just go look through there and enjoy looking at stuff and get inspired to find ways to DIY things or to look for it somewhere else or whatever. But before I literally couldn't even go in that section. Like I would leave spending money. So I wouldn't look, I wouldn't go over there. I just completely avoided it. So in some situations you can use that. You can just completely use avoidance and it won't be that big of an issue. Um, But sometimes we can't always avoid it. So sometimes we need to make some sort of game plan for how we're going to navigate that situation. So with the holidays coming up, maybe something you're really impulsive about is drinking too much at a holiday event, or maybe it's eating like way too many cookies. In either situation, you're likely going to feel like crap later, right? Like when we drink too much, we don't feel great later. When we eat way too much sugar, we don't feel great later. And so I think in any situation, you need to get down to the root of why you don't want to engage in that behavior because that's going to help anchor you into avoiding doing it. And then you also need to focus on what you're going to do instead or how you get to feel instead. So let's use the drinking as an example. So let's say that, you know, your family is a big family of drinkers and everyone ends up drunk on Christmas Eve, but you don't really want to drink that much because you want to enjoy the next morning with your kids. You don't want to have a headache or just feel groggy from not getting great sleep because you had too much alcohol. So that's something else that you can anchor into of like, I'm saying no to this because I want to say yes to this instead. So I'm saying no to alcohol tonight because I want to say yes to fully enjoying an early Christmas morning with my kids. Or maybe it's I'm saying yes to one drink only and then I'm done after that. And you could have someone else hold you accountable if that works for you. For some people, abstinence completely is easier than moderation. So you need to think about your own self and how that works for you. Is it going to be easier for you to have absolutely no alcohol and enjoy a soda or bring along a kombucha or something that feels like a fun special drink but isn't alcohol? Will that be easier for you or will it be easier for you to have one drink and then be done? Um, okay. I think, okay. There is one more with that. So again, if you want to take it back to that night, maybe, um, you make a deal with yourself. Like if I don't have any alcohol on Christmas, you replace it with something else that you would enjoy more the next day as like a reward. So if I don't drink any alcohol on Christmas Eve, then Christmas morning, I'm going to go to the coffee shop and well, they're probably closed. I don't know. The Starbucks closed. I don't know. I'm, I mean, I know my local coffee shops will be closed, but maybe a big corporate coffee one won't be, or, you know, whatever, maybe you go I want, I don't, I don't know. Okay. Let's just pretend that they're going to be open on Christmas morning, hella early. And so you're like, I'm going to go and buy myself a fancy coffee that I can enjoy while my kids open presents instead. Or maybe you buy yourself something special to make for breakfast, or maybe you buy that coffee a couple days before and you have it in your fridge waiting for you on Christmas morning if you don't drink alcohol the night before. Like what reward could you put in place the next day if you meet your goal? We love rewards. That goes back to the whole dopamine thing that we'll talk about later. 
Okay, the next one is about identity shifts. So sometimes it's easier for us to just identify with the choices that we want to make and start being rooted in that rather than playing this game with like these different rules or rewards or whatever. So if we want to keep using the example of alcohol, maybe it's just, oh, I don't drink or I don't drink past a certain hour or whatever. Like you have that that phrase as part of your identity, like, oh, I don't drink alcohol. Okay, well, it's really easy to not drink too much alcohol if you are just someone who doesn't drink alcohol, right? Or um, you could even say something like going just back to impulsive decisions in general. You could even change your identity to be something like I make proactive decisions or I create proactive plans so that you know that you are working toward having plans and ideas of what's going to happen in a situation before you even get there rather than being reactive because impulsivity and reactivity go together hand in hand. So maybe your new identity is just that I make proactive decisions. Another one that also is pretty broad that you can use as like an overarching one is that I make decisions aligned with my values. So if having, you know, again, we'll just keep using that example. If having too much alcohol on Christmas Eve makes you not be the mom that you want to be on Christmas morning, then that's not aligned with your values. And so having that phrase of I make decisions aligned with my values helps you tune into whatever your value is in that situation and to stand firm in that decision and be confident in it and not be wish-washy or going back and forth. And then the last one is back to dopamine. So Dopamine. This is like a big topic, probably its own entire um, episode, but we will touch on it just a little bit. Um, Hold on. I'm trying to park somewhere and there's literally not a single place to park. So I'm going to pause this and I'll be back. Sorry about that brief interruption. Anyway, um, talking about dopamine. Sometimes we need to do a detox to kind of reset the bar of need when it comes to dopamine inside of our brain. So there are several ways that you can do this. One of the best ways to do it is to take a full-blown social media detox. Social media is so incredibly stimulating. Obviously, it is a great tool, and I personally really like social media. I've learned lots of things from other creators. I have a community of people that I connect with. I love talking to all of you there. However, We also just have so much information coming at us all the time and every single time you get a like or you get a comment or you get a follow or someone responds to you or you get a message, all of that gives you a little hit of dopamine even if you don't think that you personally feel validated by it. So like, honestly, I don't sit around checking all of my likes and being like, oh my gosh, I got another like, ooh, ooh, ooh. But my brain at a chemical level is still like, oop, validation, oop, boom, here we go. Oh, there's another one. Even when I don't feel conscience, con, conscience, con, conscience, con, conscious, conscious of it. Okay. <coughs> Sorry. So that is one thing you could do social media detox. Something else is that, um, Avoid using your phone, especially first thing in the morning, because that is just like a gigantic dopamine dump. We want to avoid dopamine dumps in general, and we want to work toward having dopamine drips because 
a dopamine dump, then after you're definitely going to have a crash. It's like having a ton of sugar and then your blood sugar crashes later and then you feel like crap. The same thing is happening in your brain when you get a giant dump of dopamine because it's going to have to come back down and regulate. And when we start our day off by checking our phone and getting bombarded with life and all of these things, it affects the way the rest of our day goes and it affects what our brain needs in order to feel happy and focused because of the way that we are influencing that dopamine production. All right, the last one is super tangible. If you want your phone to be less of a dopamine dump for you, put it on black and white. I did this years ago and then I like completely forgot about it until recently. You can go into the settings and go to accessibility, go to display, go to color filters. That's how you do on iPhone. I'm not 100% sure on any other phone, Um, but you can turn it to black and white. I promise you, you are going to pick up your phone so much less throughout the day. It just isn't as tempting because it isn't like mesmerizing. It's not like hypnotizing you into to opening it just for any reason. And on the days that I do that, I like when my phone is like that and I go to my phone to do something, I do what I meant to do. I don't end up getting distracted by other things because it makes your phone like so much less shiny. Like I know it's not actually shiny, but like we, it is not shiny as in it's like metallic, but all the bright colors, all of those things, they hypnotize the chemicals in your brain and it makes you feel happy. It makes you feel some type of way. And so when you continuously do that throughout the day, you're getting hits of dopamine. When it's on black and white, it like takes it back down to being a dumb phone. It's not smart anymore. And so it takes away a lot of that fun. I noticed um, back in the day, I would I would shatter every iPhone I ever owned when I was in college. I would have it for a while, it would end up shattered. And then I would live with it shattered for a while. And then I wouldn't be able to afford a new iPhone. So I would have a flip phone for a while or something similar, like an old school phone that couldn't do anything fun. And I never gravitated toward picking up my phone when I had a flip phone. I hated texting. I hated doing anything on it. I literally used it to make phone calls when I needed and that was about it. And I feel very similar to my phone when it's in black and white mode. I still use it for more things because obviously it has way better tools now than 10 years ago. However, I still, I don't feel that same attachment. You know, like sometimes I feel like my phone is like an attach, like not an attachment, an extension of like my brain and my body a lot of the time. And I don't like feeling that way. Um, And when my phone is on that black and white mode, it feels detached from me. It feels like it's just a tool again, not another, not an extension of my brain. So anyway, I hope that these help you. Just to recap, the first one is to identify situations where you tend to be more impulsive and create game plans around that. Um, To focus on identity shifts was the second one. And the third one is to focus on how to change up the way that you are receiving dopamine. All right. I hope this helps you. And if you do any of these things, please let me know. I would love to talk to you about it and hear how it's impacting you. Podcasting is... um, a very solitary situation. Like it's just me talking into my phone and then sending it out into the internet and being like, here you go world. I hope you like it. Um, so I really, really, really love having conversations with you guys about what is going out on the podcast so that, um, you know, those, the numbers of downloads actually feel like real humans and not just weird abstract numbers. Okay. Anyway, bye. (laughs) 
Hey you, thank you so much for listening. I'm so happy to have been part of your day. If you love this episode, would you please consider sharing it on your Instagram stories and tagging me? This way I know what you're loving and what to make more of. I'll see you next week. Bye.